0: Welcome, everyone. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for coming. Let's see if I can get the mask off without tangling the microphone and everything. All right. Perfect. Great. Uh, Well, we're going to look at the Word today. We're going to look at a passage from Isaiah this evening. Okay. And I have a fond place in my heart for the name Isaiah, because that was my grandfather's name. And we have a picture here. Of myself and Isaiah, at one of my birthdays, right, and uh, he was a great guy. He lived to be 97 years old, and I, I believe he was a, a follower of a follower of Christ. So, looking forward to seeing him again one day. And uh, it's interesting to note that the name Isaiah means uh, Yahweh is salvation. So that name is just a great reminder that uh, in the midst of this messed up world, God will eventually save and deliver his people, right? So let's take a look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 and 7. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. Isn't that an awesome passage? It's great for Christmas cards, and you see it a lot this time of year. So Let's just dig into it a bit here. It says, the people walking in darkness, dwelling in the land of deep darkness. What's going on with that? Well, God's people were under his discipline at that time. They were not living out his good plan for them as God's people, so... Times were dark. And in this world today, many people are not following God. And there is no shortage of pain and suffering and darkness. And so we all long for things to be different. right? We long for better times. And you can hear that longing in that last song that Caleb sang. But in the midst of that darkness, as the passage says, the light has shone. And at the time of the writing, Isaiah is looking forward in time, prophesying about the future arrival of Jesus, who's the light of the world. So verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So this child is Jesus, right? Jesus is good to us in so many ways. He's good to us as as the wonderful counselor, as mighty God. He's God in the form of man. He's one with the everlasting Father. But in light of all that's going on, all that we're going through, I just want to focus in on uh, Jesus as the Prince of Peace. We need some peace right now, right? I know I do. So verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So that sounds awesome, right? Never ending peace. I vote for that. Um, but I got to confess, you know, I've been trying to follow Jesus for a long time, trying to follow the Prince of Peace, and I don't always have peace, especially when I'm preaching on Christmas Eve, right? <laughs> so so how, do we, how do we find that peace, right? What's the deal? Is, is never-ending peace for real? Is, person, is it personal peace, or is it just like an absence of war? Right? What kind of peace can we really expect from Jesus? Is it theoretical one day in the distant future peace? Or is it real life Monday morning peace? Can we expect real like day-to-day peace from Jesus? And if so, how do we get it? Those are the things that I really want to talk about and look at tonight. So there, there are certainly aspects of this passage that refer to the never-ending peace that will happen after Jesus returns again for the second time. We're still waiting for that. The song that, that Caleb sang can really apply both to the believers waiting for his first coming, waiting for his birth, and also to believers like us that are waiting for a second coming. We say, come Jesus, come. And he will. Right? He's going to come back. He's going to judge the earth. He's going to establish his kingdom. And at that point, there'll be no more wars. No more, no more tears even. No question, that's going to be an awesome time of never-ending peace. But we also have promises uh, for God's peace. Uh, from his word which are for our lives right here and right now as we're waiting for Jesus to come again. Um, in Second Corinthians 3.16, Paul's benediction, he says this, he says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. Well, that certainly sounds like, in Paul's inspired words, his his hope is for peace at all times in every way. Um, the, the ESP Study Bible Commentary says that what Paul's talking about here is an experience of inner peace in every way. Yet we know that Paul uh, went through some real distress and difficulty. Went through some really difficult times. There are, pro- there are other promises of everyday inner peace, which we'll get into later, but here's the big question I have. What if we're not experiencing that peace? Right? What if we're not experiencing that at all times in every way kind of peace like Paul described? What if we're going through a time like Paul did in Second Corinthians eight, where he said, we, don't, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. So sounds like Paul was really going through some tough stuff there. He didn't always have it easy, right? What if we're going through a time like Jesus did when he was in Gethsemane thinking about being crucified? And it says in Matthew 26 that he began to be sorrowful and troubled. So so even the Prince of Peace was troubled, right? Who wouldn't be facing what he was facing? So how do we deal with, how do we get to that at all times in every way kind of peace that Paul talked about? So I want to take a look and read the Christmas story tonight. First of all, because it's Christmas Eve. And that's what they do on Charlie Brown's Christmas. Right? So I think we should do it as well but also uh, because it gives us an important clue in our, in our search for peace. So this is Luke 2, verses 4 through 14. I've got my throat coat tea up here in case I get the tickle, all right? It says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, And the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws, lying in a manger, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So here we have the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy 700 years later. Isaiah said, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and that child is Jesus. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. It's a wonderful account of that day that, that changed history, really. Changed the lives of millions of people who love Jesus and follow him for the better. But there's one troubling statement at the very end. It says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Maybe that's our first clue in answer to the question, what if we're not experiencing peace, Right? Maybe we aren't experiencing peace because God's not pleased with us for some reason, right? That's uncomfortable. Charlie Brown wouldn't wouldn't put that in his Christmas special, right? But I think it's important to look at and to talk about and hang in there because there's good news that follows this, right? The uncomfortable fact is that all of us have, have displeased God on multiple occasions. It's called sin. God's word says that we all do it. Even people who preach on Christmas Eve do it. I hate to break it to you. Remember the people who walked in darkness and dwelt in the land of deep darkness? Sometimes that people is us. Right? Sometimes we're the ones. And it's not okay. It's displeasing to God and there's, there's a penalty to be paid for it. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. In other words, what we, what we earn... From our sin is death. The ESV uh, Study Bible Commentary says those who give themselves to sin die both physically and eternally. That's the consequence that we all have to face. It's not just for the really bad people, right? What's even worse is Isaiah 59 2 says, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he is turned away and will not listen anymore. That's a people walking in darkness for sure, right? Totally cut off from God. So I'd venture to say that until we deal with our sin problem, there's really no chance that we're, we're going to have that lasting peace that we're looking for. Right, so, so how do we deal with that sin problem? How do we overcome this thing that plagues us? Should we just like stop sinning cold turkey and live a perfect life from here on out? Right? Well, I've tried that, and I'm just saying that I've yet to be successful, right? So um, it's a sad situation, but just remember this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Love came down, as it says on the wall, and we've been reading about it in the devotional in the month of December here. Um. Love came to our rescue. Jesus came down from heaven for us. So you might ask the question, what does the little baby Jesus have to do with our sin? Well, if you think about it, it's really everything. He has everything to do with our sin. Remember we said that the penalty for sin is death? Well, this baby Jesus grew up. He went to the cross and he he suffered and died for us. He didn't just die because the religious leaders didn't like him. He could have easily escaped them, but he willing, willingly died to pay the death penalty for us. All right. so some of you may have, may have heard this courtroom analogy before, but I think it's really helpful. It kind of helps bring things to home for us. So uh, just imagine with me for a minute that you committed a terrible crime, right? And you were standing bef- in court before the judge, and the judge sentenced you to the death penalty. And just before they were getting ready to take you off to death row, uh, the judge's son came in the room. And the judge's son approached you and he told you that he would go and die in your place so that you could go free. Wouldn't that be amazing? And, and hard to know really how to respond to. But in that analogy, uh, God is like the judge. And Jesus is like the one, obviously, who came into the courtroom and is making you this offer, he'd go and die for you so that you can go free. So how do we accept that offer from Jesus? Well, Jesus summed it up Uh, when he first started his ministry. It's in Mark 1, 14 and 15. It says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So there we have it from Jesus himself. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's how we accept his offer. right? So what is, what is repentance really? It's not a word that we use every day these days. Is it just to stop sinning cold turkey and live a perfect life from here on out? Well, we've, we've talked about how it's, that's not probably doable for most of us. Repentance doesn't mean that we obtain perfection. Okay? Repentance is simply a firm decision to, to turn from sin and turn toward God. Most uh, sincere Christians repent multiple times a day. Right? We're always messing up things and we just turn back to God and make up our minds we're going we're gonna to do better. Repentance is a way of life for those that are trying to follow God. Simply making up your mind, you're going to try and follow Jesus. Do what he says. This doesn't mean you'll never mess up again. You probably will. It just means you're going to try, right? It's also important to know that repentance does not save us, right? Being good does not save us. It's a common misconception. People think they have to be good enough to get to heaven, and it's not how it works. It's faith in Jesus that saves us. He's the one that paid the death penalty for our sins so that we can be forgiven. So we respond to Jesus' offer by repenting and believing. When we repent and believe, here's the promise that we have. Here's the good news. 1 John 5, 11-13 says, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has the life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I write to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So that's an awesome promise. We can know that we have eternal life. We receive forgiveness when we repent and believe and we gain eternal life. We can come out of the darkness and come into the light. So remember when the angels said on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, once we repent and believe in Jesus, now God the Father is pleased with us because he no longer sees our sin. He only sees that Jesus has washed us clean by what he did on the cross. So then you can have peace with God, right? This is the source of true Christmas joy, right? This is what we celebrate, that the Savior has come. We can be forgiven. We can have eternal life. Love came down. So when we first come to Christ, uh, there's often a tremendous sense of joy and that peace that we are longing for. And I know that happened to me back in 1984 when I was down on OSU campus. And really for the first time, for me, I had peace with God. And that, when we repent and believe, that's the first time any of us have peace with God. It's the first time our sins are forgiven. We have truly a relationship with Him. But here's the rub. Sometimes for believers, that peace doesn't last. It quickly fades away, right? So what do we do then? Well, Charles Stanley says this. And I love Charles Stanley because he's like, 140 years old, and he's still preaching. Right? So you got to give him credibility. And this is a phrase from Charles, and I love this. He says, peace comes through a relationship. Right? Peace comes through a relationship. Just like we get peace through a relationship with Jesus when we first accept his offer, we also can develop and maintain a consistent day-to-day peace through an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Right. Isaiah 26.3, back to the book of Isaiah, it says, You, meaning God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That's a bold claim, that God would keep in perfect peace all those who, whose thoughts are fixed on him. And it's interesting that it hinges on keeping our minds fixed on God, Right? That's our thought life, keeping our minds focused on Christ. So how do we do that? Well, as as it is with many things in life, it comes back to the fundamentals. Right, Doing the fundamentals well, reading God's word, listening to his word. And, uh, you know, sometimes at night when I can't sleep because I'm stressed out about preaching on Christmas Eve, (laughs) I, I have this, and I just got this thing. It's a headband. And it's got some Bluetooth speakers uh, built into it. And it even has like the controls on the forehead so I can pause it. And Linda really thinks it looks awesome on me when I, when I wear it to bed at night. But I love that thing because you can listen to the Bible. You can listen to the Psalms. And if you can't sleep, man, listening to the Psalms is just awesome. Especially if it's due to everything whirling around in your head. You can listen to God's word like that and fall asleep. Now, if you, if you listen to Revelation while you're trying to fall asleep, you might get some really weird dreams. It might not bring you peace, but you can, you can stick, to the, uh, stick to the Psalms, stick to God's Word or a good book, and it will help you. So, so studying His Word, listening to teachings and podcasts, help you fix your mind on God, right? Listening to music that's about Him. There's so many ways that you can do it, especially with smartphones now. You can always find something good if you so choose. So, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's an awesome promise. That's that's prayer, you know, whenever the anxiety or the worry starts to creep in, we can go to prayer, right? Get our minds back on the Prince of Peace, thank him, ask him for his help. Anxiety or worry is kind of like a, a warning on the dashboard that's telling you that you've, you've taken your mind off God, thinking about problems or thinking about anything but God and his promises, So go to prayer, get your mind back on him, restart the conversation. Right? It's hard, uh, but it's worth it to to keep that peace, keep that relationship strong. So day-to-day peace comes through a relationship with the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus. We maintain that relationship by keeping our minds fixed on him, staying in prayer as we go through our days. Right? That's where the battle for peace is won. Right? So going into this next week, going into the new year, I hope and pray that you'll, you'll find peace with God by beginning that relationship with Christ. If you haven't done that already, you can pray to Him. You can tell Him you're sorry for your sins. You want to turn from Him and believe in Him. That just means making up your mind to turn from sin, believing in Christ. And I hope that you'll maintain that peace by keeping your mind fixed on him, whatever it takes, even if you have to get a headband like mine. I hope you'll deepen that peace by staying in prayer as you go through your days, right? So let's pray right now. Lord God, we just thank you that you came for us. Thank you that your love came down for us. Thank you that you're our Savior. And you are our prince of peace. And pray that you would help us, God, going forward to keep our minds on you and keep in prayer as we're, as we're struggling through this life. Thank you for the promise of the future that we have with you where there will be never-ending peace. And we won't have to, to struggle and fight to keep it. And just thank you, God, that you're in control and your goodness is reigning. In Jesus' name, amen.